We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Liverpool 2, Newcastle United 1. A very bitter, bitter pill to swallow after being at Anfield watching Newcastle bring the game to Liverpool um, and Liverpool to score in injury time. I am Charlotte Robson, joined by Adam Cleary and Emile Franchi this evening, straight from Anfield for me and Emile, straight from screaming at the telly for Adam. Thank you both for joining me this evening. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'm we sorry to... it had to be like this. <laughs> <laughs> we need to just, um, this is our chance to kind of decompress a little bit. We're going to start the podcast at the end of the game. Um, so, and, and we will track back um, and we will talk about uh, that there is, there is a ton of positive stuff to take from tonight's game. And I do not want the result or the final few minutes to take away from that. But we do have to talk about several injustices that occurred, not least of which was five minutes of extra time and Liverpool's winner being scored in uh, the eighth minute of extra time. Um, Adam, I'll come to you first. How did that, like, talk, talk me through your feelings there. Well, well, the feelings were the second it went in, just, you're just numb. I don't know how it must have been in the ground, but there's, even with how good we've been and the positive steps we've made and how much better it's been the last 12 months, et cetera, there's always still that inevitable sort of feeling of, oh, well, we've got a corner in the last second. Inevitably, this is this is somehow going to go in. But even the way it unfolded, almost in slow motion, especially with the angle of the television, because it kind of bobbles around sort of directly down the line of the camera to the point you couldn't tell it had gone in until Carvalho basically pulled away to celebrate. Right. It was just, it was bizarre. And if you watch back several of the replays now, no matter how much they slow it down, I still don't quite understand how that's happened. Like it bobbles around yeah. once, there's a missed kick, and then Willett gets a flick, and then Longstaff's about to knock it away, and then he just all of a sudden volleys it into the roof of the net. It's it's absolutely harrowing. It's heartbreaking. It was so undeserved. I just thought we've been here before, haven't we? We have, and I think we've been here before on the back of like performances where we're like, oh my God, we're going to nick a point here. Whereas tonight I felt like, God, a point feels like the least we should come yeah. away with. Um, you know, from our perspective, Emil and I had, uh, we, were, we were at Anfield tonight and had seats basically behind that goal. So we saw Isaac's goal go in, which of course we'll talk about later. Mm. Um, 
but we also saw this sort of mad scramble and basically it was just it was that wasn't it Emil it was it was an attempt to clear it from too many players when Pope should have Pope should have just been given the space to just like pluck it out of thin air but he was not no, it, it was very frustrating. And it was one of those goals almost where, you know, you use the old football cliche saying that it got sucked into the goal. It was almost like it was always going in. And it did look like that. I, I'm still not quite sure how he managed to do it. And from the angle that, that Cavalio was stood at, from the, the way that his leg went up, I'm pretty sure it kind of went up into the net and then down again. It was just like, oh, man, of all the goals to concede, it was the worst possible. And um Look, there was a lot of scrambling around, but I think, as we've already said, we're going to get onto the fact that the players gave it their all. I think by that by that final moment, they they were absolutely shot to bits, and there'll be a number of of bits where teams like Newcastle will switch off this season, and teams like Liverpool, Man City, teams who are up there for the remainder of this season, who are fit to cope with that, will get there, but are currently able to do that. We'll have moments like that. And I can't wait to do it to teams. I really, really can't. <laughs> yeah, and we will, and we will get there. There is so much um, maturity being shown in this squad already. Like, I just almost can't believe... After that first half, and so many people turned around and said, that was the best first half I've ever seen us play, ever. Against a team like Liverpool, you just you didn't, you just never got to say that as a Newcastle fan. Um, Adam, it... It happened in the 90th plus eighth minute. Yes, that, that um, is that is accurate. Yes. Yes, and it and it and, and it looked like Mariner, the referee, had had sort of added on some time because Pope went down. Now, I'm no mathematician, but I don't think that Pope went down for three additional extra minutes. Well, allow me just to add an extra level of insight here. I, too, am no mathematician or indeed (laughs) any kind of computational scientist. However, the post-mortem has begun in earnest on social media. Pope was down for around about 20 seconds. So how that somehow led to nearly three additional minutes of time. Now, look, I understand there's a lot of stuff going around at the minute. A lot of local fans are like, well, just desserts. You know, we're time-wasting from the off, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. I actually don't think it was anywhere near as bad as it's being painted. I actually, you know, it's, we're not, it's not a big squad. We've made a couple of changes. It's the third game in however many days. If you actually go and watch the goal back, Lascelles loses the initial header and then has more than enough time to run across and deal with the ball. And if you watch it back, he hobbles the whole way on one leg back and yeah. doesn't get there in time. I genuinely think we were just absolutely shattered. Yeah. Um, my, it was last few um, we talked about it in the ground and I am surprised that what given what we had on the bench defensively we didn't hook ourselves yeah yeah it's one of those where you don't want to unsettle your back four and necessarily going at the last few minutes of a game you don't want to have to bring somebody in who's got to get up to date with the set piece routines and who they're marking and i understand there's a logistically a lot of things you probably put you off making that kind of change i would imagine even if lascelles puts his hand up and says look i'm on one leg here you look at your watch and see, well, that's fine. We're three minutes past the whistle. Just yeah. don't concede from this corner and, and it's yeah. okay. So I'm not going to lay too much blame at the manager's door for that, but just... No, absolutely oh, not. Just, yeah. I mean, when it went in, initially, first thing I did was look at the clock and I was like, you just see there on BT Sport, 90, it just literally ticked over to 98 as the celebration was going on. So 98, 002, and then just next to it, plus five. And I was like, well, this is... 
something's not quite right with this. Something's not right. I no. agree. No. And talking of things not being right, there was another injustice I want to cover off before we take a break for our adverts and then and then go on to um to talk about all the positives. Um and that is the sort of post halftime 55 minute or so goal from Isaac that ended up being offside. Um obviously went to VAR. It was the opposite end of the pitch to uh, Emil and me. We, we, we started celebrating. We started screaming and hugging each other. And um, and then it's it's that awful thing in the stands where you've started screaming and then yeah. you have to sort of like, ooh, like pull it back. Um, what was coming through on my phone was like, that wasn't offside or that was an extremely close offside. Um. Adam, I'll come to you just because you're watching it on the telly and then, Emil, I'll bring you in. But um, you saw the replay. You obviously saw the VAR check. Talk us through to you. Was it offside? Well, before I, get my incredibly comically, before I get my comically small ruler out to show you exactly how offside it was, <laughs> oh, let, me no. just, let me just reassure you both that you might have felt silly celebrating, but at least you didn't both put on an eye patch and get a small telescope out before <laughs> the VAR re- reviewed it. So it is offside in the sense that they very quickly drew two lines on the pitch and Isak's line is fractionally further forward than the Liverpool defender's line. So in that regard, it is. But the one angle they've shown you this picture from, which is about as far away in the top corner of the opposite stand as it's physically possible to be, is so grainy and is so inconclusive that I genuinely do not know what the words benefit of the doubt even exist for in this game. Like You can clearly see Isak's foot is behind the foot of the attacker. But then there's the whole, he's leaning one way and the shoulder's going the other way. And they've just really haphazardly just gone, right, line, line, yeah, that's probably offside. And then the review took all, I don't know how it felt on the ground, the review was so quick. Really quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Decision that tight, it was so, so quick. And I think you could ask 10 VAR assistants to draw that line as quickly as they could and you get a different result probably every single time. In fact, probably go in our favour more often than not. So... It's offside in the sense that I've seen the lines, but do I fully believe or comprehend the lines? Not a lot. Okay, okay. Emil, that felt, um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but that felt to me a little bit like that's our opportunity there. And then the game kind of got a little bit more... I don't know how to describe it. You just felt like something might go wrong. That was the bit where Liverpool realised that they could get back into it. I, I think, you know, foot football's built on these moments where where things change. Um we saw it against Man City, you know, um whether it was the decision that, that Fabian Scher didn't get his penalty or or whatever else, you know, that there's there's moments in games which ultimately define where teams get in sorry, get back into games. And and yeah. as I mentioned before, that that is it. Um Liverpool can do it Teams up there can always do it. They they know they've got that quality. They've got that flair to be like, right, we're going to start an onslaught against these these buggers. We're gonna we're gonna really show them and you know punish them for daring to even try and embarrass us on 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 this occasion. And and yeah, I mean Isak was very much. Um, I mean we, we will get on to his other goal, but I think that at that point Newcastle fans were very much like, oh my god, we've got a striker who'll take his chances who isn't Callum Wilson. This is amazing. Um, and and he did both times. It fell to him, and he and he and he did it with with much finesse. And um, it is such a shame because that was the moment where Liverpool were like, right, we need to book our ideas up here, otherwise 
you know, it'll be uh, lashes from Jurgen in the in the training room, uh, bent over his lap at the end of the game. It's just going to be like, uh, I know, that, yeah. I know. Yeah, this, cl- this this close to bedtime, and you're giving everybody. We that. didn't need that. Thank Sorry, I, need I, that. Just, I just, I just, him. It's just him. It's just him. Oh, uh, we don't. We're not going to spend. We're not going to waste our breath talking about Jurgen Klopp on this podcast. Sorry, but, yes, but no. But, but yes, but it, it, that's what I mean. Basically, they they will do their managers bidding at that point to be like, right, we we better because other than otherwise yeah. we are we're in deep shit and. And I mean, especially in Liverpool's position where they are in the league this at, at present, you know, that they've had such a bad start to the season, barring the nine nil, that was looking like it was going to be another <laughs> another dent. Um another what, dent. What sense that is, by the way. They've had such a bad start of the season, barring their nine nil win. Barring the nine nil, yeah. Barring that just that um, little thing that they did. Right, we are going to take a break here for some ads from our beloved Paymasters. If you hate adverts and you like us, you should consider joining our Patreon. It's £8 a month, that's £2 a week for um, tons of extra content. Loads this week, uh, loads of transfer stuff, uh, loads of other stuff, journalists. We do all kinds of things. Um, Please do consider joining us. We would love to have you. And we will be back for part two and positivity after these messages. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Part two of the True Faith podcast, and it's time to cast away our anger at the injustice of the 98th minute um, winner for Liverpool and talk about some positives. And I think we've got quite a lot of positives to talk through. Adam, 
Isak, his Alexander Isak, his work permit came through. We weren't sure if we'd see him start, but we were at least hoping he was on the bench. And lo and behold, team sheet comes out at 7 p.m. and he is starting. Talk me through uh, how you felt his debut went. I struggle, even with the raft of really good players we brought in the last 12 months, to think of a more sort of encouraging starting debut uh, for a Newcastle United player. I think we discussed this on a previous pod, that I think in an ideal world, Eddie wasn't going to throw him in from the start as much as he could help it. But obviously injuries to St. Maximan, injuries to Wilson, weren't really left with a lot of options there. You go into Anfield, you might as well just chuck him in. It's kind of a free hit in that regard. He looked like he played that position in the Premier League for us for about three years. Uh, even from the start, he was on the same page as his teammates. You could see him getting into them. Like, he, like for, a, for a guy that young, he wasn't afraid to sort of be involved in sort of the conversations and stuff. He was getting on the ball in different positions. He was mixing things up. He was he was giving the defence so much to think about. And he just looked to be... He knew, he knew where Miggy wanted him to be. He knew where he was supposed to receive the ball from the midfield. He honestly looked absolutely excellent. And it's a real, it's a real, real shame that we're not getting to talk about that kind of performance getting us a point or more. Mm. I totally agree with you. I think I can't believe this man's only been on Tyneside for like a week, maybe less, less than that now, because mm. it was all sort of rumoured when we were um, tranmering. We were tranmering, yes. Yeah, and <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and within that short space of time, he's clearly a really intelligent footballer. He clearly can read the game. He gets himself into positions. He is tall, so he can win the aerial duels. In that first half... Um, Norman sent a stat that I think there'd been 13 aerial duels and we'd won 11 of them or something like that. I mean, he played a get big in. part. In. What? Get, just said get in. Just get in. Just nice when you get a good start, isn't it? Oh, I love a stat. Love a stat. Um, sorry, uh, got distracted <laughs> there. Um, but um, the second goal has just been allowed. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If only. Um, but yeah, just this sort of very seamless, like transition into it the team seemed comfortable playing with him um he seemed very hungry for goals like and he also has that kind of um it, to, to me when he scored the goal because we were just behind it at that point it was in the first half he has he has that kind of arrogance like that you want in a striker like it's not a it's not a big headedness it's not a like it's not misplaced but it's this kind of like goal celebration like yeah yeah I fucking scored that and I'm gonna score more like and that's exactly what I want like you do, you don't have that from Chris Wood you just don't like <laughs> he's almost surprised if he scores a goal see look I got uh, there's one that's <laughs> I one did, I did yeah. it I did it no you won <laughs> whereas this is like yeah of course I scored a goal that's what I'm here to do and I really like that attitude and I really like, I just, I just was so impressed by him today. Mm. He's, he's sort of, he's got this sort of funny physique. He's almost like noodly. He's got really long, skinny limbs. And I was, and, and you sort of, you think about a, a centre forward and, you th and I think like, sometimes I think about like Rondon or even Callum Wilson and you think more of like a unit, mm. more of like somebody who's going to like cause trouble for, um for, uh, for, for centre backs. But, um, but he st he still did that. He does that with like I think his um, 
his body shape and type kind of allows him to get into positions and move quicker than a typical center forward would and it was really really exciting to see and I and I really can't wait for him to to play for us more Emil were you just as happy with that with his start yeah, I mean, like like I alluded to before, I think it's it's just great to have a player that can that can do that. And uh, fair play to him, he he rose to the occasion when uh, you know it was weird before his visa was confirmed. Uh, I would say that not a lot of Newcastle fans were probably saying that it was very much a free hit, a bit of a write off. I know that Willick was giving his impassioned words on the uh, the club Twitter account beforehand, which which did fill me with a bit of hope. But certainly, you you, you felt a bit more compounded by the fact that Isak was going to be involved, the fact that they started him from it. It was a, a little bit alien for Eddie Howe to start a player and everyone was like, oh, this is, this is exciting, isn't it? And, um, you know, he's, he's had a bit of training, so that's good. He's, he's been in there. And, um, yeah, once again, another example of how how he manages to um, just get this team to to gel and and gets them up for occasions. I, I'd love to see Eddie Howe prepare this Newcastle team for a derby, but unfortunately, that ain't happening for a while. So it, it's that that's the kind of thing I think Eddie Howe as a whole is <laughs> is um, is very much you know making this team want to play these teams and you know give it to them. And, and if that means getting Isak up to speed straight away, I mean, of, of course, Isak wants to prove a point because he's just come in he's the record signing but mm. you know we, we signed Joel Linton he was the record signing and uh, all that pressure that was on him Isak just dealt with it and it was I was going to say it was it was very similar I know that Wilson dealt with his um, debut very well but of course there was no crowds but um, it was very CCA-esque it was very much like a, you know shootsy scores kind of thing it was like oh there's a chance I've taken it okay I've scored if he can create that kind of form and challenge Wilson then um and and you know Wilson's injury is obviously looking a little bit shorter than we we first feared um that's going to be a real real battle and I, I can't wait to see how it goes um and the other thing to remember is that we've got Man City and Liverpool out the way now so you know other now, teams are going to be terrified I can't fucking wait until Liverpool come to St James's Park I said this to Emil when uh, when um we were walking away. I was like, let them, let them come, let them come. That's fine. I can't wait. Let's see what we can do. All we can see. And, and we'll talk more about a couple more individual players, I think. And then we could, we can talk about sort of the, the team more in a more holistic way and, and how we've developed. Um, but we just continue getting better. Don't we? We continue working well as a team um, we've made some really smart signings. I think it's just, it's a very exciting time, not mm. for people coming to St. James's Park, but um, for us as fans. Adam, another player who had a pretty good game and uh, is impressing people when we expected him to kind of maybe move, be moved on in the summer is Almiron. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you saw him this evening? Yeah, I think it's probably one of the games why when the talk of getting a really exciting, like spending the money on getting a right-sided attacker was was sort of, that's what everybody thought we wanted to do. It was talk about getting um, uh, Pedro from, from Watford and a host of others, Diaby being one of them. Um, I didn't want him to go in the process. I didn't think that made him surplus to requirements because I think you saw tonight why, like, yes, okay, you can add goals and you can add better numbers on that part of the pitch, absolutely. But you can't take away his contribution overall when he does play. There were times tonight where he was sort of individually, single-handedly marking Van Dijk, Robertson and Harvey Elliott all at mm -hmm. the same time, going from man to man to man, forcing pressure, forcing pressure. And the number of turnovers he forced, there was one in particular against Robertson where he tracked him 
from Liverpool's half, halfway into our half, took the ball off him and then did that, you know, that little bit of skill he likes to do where he turns, faces the other way, flicks it around him and then goes along the byline. He's done it like three times. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of the most just impressive feats of skill and confidence I've ever seen player do consistently. And he did that to Andy Robertson at Anfield when if he'd messed that up, then he's just, he's in down that side. And he did mm-hmm. it. And it, it caused another attack for us. And I just, I have complete faith. Like we need to add the goals elsewhere. Absolutely. Like, for the position he plays and the aspiration we want to get to, the numbers he provides aren't good enough. I do always get that. Uh, mm-hmm. I always get that part of the argument. But when he does play, then you can just you can just lock off that side. The pressure will come from there. The work rate will be there. And if you can make something happen with Max Van on the other side or with Wilson and Isak or maybe Bruno from the midfield, then that's not really too much of a worry. I thought he was outstanding tonight. Yeah, I agree. I also think... Um... Almiron gets hooked and, and I uh, quite often in games and, and replaced with with Murphy, who actually, you know, Murphy's when when the board goes up and I see Murphy, I start dredge starts to fill, <laughs> um, fill my lungs, I guess. Um, that's but, where it goes. That's where it goes. Yeah, that's where it goes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but he also hasn't, you know, like every player, he's getting a bit howled. He's not. He's not. I don't ever want to see him start particularly, but he's doing better. Um, you're about to butt in. Uh, yeah, just, you, you've watched Jacob Murphy run, right? Does he? Do you think he knows he's fast? Because he never seems to like. He gets the ball and he gets about two thirds of a sprint on, and then seems to go, "Oh, this is a bit scary. I'll just sort of, I'll, I'll loiter at this speed." When it just feels yeah, like yeah. If he just opened his legs up and kicked the ball in front of him, he would be a flying machine. Yeah, he's yeah. The strangest gait of any man. <laughs> well, I think uh, that's something for Eddie Howe to work on. But maybe not. Maybe you do know you can run faster than this, Jacob, right? You do know if you just run really fast, it'll go quicker. If you run, um, you, you can run is basically the, the instruction. But back to Almiron. Back to Almiron. Back to tonight's game. Speaking of running, that man must... I would love to see the heat map for him t- tonight. Um, I'm sure that Newcastle United's Twitter will put it up. But that he covered so much ground. Mm. He doesn't... I mean, he's got that, he, speaking of gait, he has a weird sort of running gait himself and he really puts his head down. <laughs> and he has, he, you know, he puts his head down literally and metaphorically. Like, I that I just, I was so impressed with him tonight. I thought he had an absolutely terrific game. Mm. Um, there's not too much more I can add to you, uh, to what you've said there, Adam. I'll also shout out Willock. I know yeah. that he was, um, you know, that there was the, that scuffle at the end and, and he might, might really be at fault for that goal. Um, although I, I'm really, really reluctant to pl- lay the blame at any player's feet. There's, really. there's a lot in that entire process because I've just had it brought to my attention and and now I think about it and this is one of those where it's like, why? Why didn't you just do it? Um, Joe Linton, towards the end, when he, when he crossed the ball instead yeah. of just running the clock down right at the end, I've just realised how important that technically was. That's not me saying Joe Linton had a bad game. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was a shithouse captain. But when he took it down to that, that corner, we won the ball. That would have been such a simple way to waste a bit of time. I think it's just a bit of naivety, isn't it? Like how often I think are we so, in this yeah. position? Excitement how, as well. We could have we we won it. How often are we away from home in a huge game against a much, much bigger side and we're not fighting yeah, anything? And, the and then Anderson up, as well. Anderson running onto it too. It's just like, ah. Uh, the clock's already two minutes over where it's supposed to be and you think you've got a chance to... Like, I just... Uh, it's just one of those things. We're just not that team that makes those decisions yet because we're never after. Yeah. That's the that's the thing, isn't it? Like, it it's a yet it's it's nice to be able to put yet onto that sentence to say 
we're not the team that does that or makes those decisions. And there's not a full stop. There's a yet. Like mm-hmm. we are probably, we are, we're going to mature. We are, we are a completely different team to who we were this time last year. If you cast your minds back this time last year, we still hadn't been taken over. We were, wow. Steve Bruce was our manager. Like it's just <laughs> it, it, with it, that we have come on in leaps and bounds. Um, very quickly, we'll talk about Nick Pope and what a signing he has been. Um, and then we'll move on, as I say, talk about the team, talk about the progression and and basically just sing their praises a little bit more because tonight was class. It's just that the result was not. Emil, Nick Pope, take it Nick away. Pope. Nick bloody Pope. I mean, I can't get, I never get tired of saying his name. Um, he was just magnificent. Um, I think we, we must have turned to each other and looked at each other and went, oh. What a signing. About five times throughout like a 10-minute period when Liverpool really were going for it. Um, th- there was just a, a brilliant save. The thing is, it was almost like, apart from that final bit, e- even up until that point, I was like, it's all right, I'll save it. It's all right, I'll save it. It took a weird freak yeah. disaster to beat Nick Pope. And, and that says a lot about his game. Um, you know, it was the Firmino goal, obviously, was, was a bit of a weird one anyway because it was probably the one time where the defence switched off. But other than that, you could rely on that man. I mean, he he literally put his body on the line closer to the crowd, you know, when he ran out and he he kind of put, I don't know what he did, but he he got it. I was like, is he going to handball it? I was like, he doesn't give a crap. You know, like, he's just going to go for it. He's going to get himself sent off for the good of the team. Nick mm-hmm. Pope would have like, would have dived into fire to make sure that he kept at least the point for Newcastle tonight. And um yeah, I mean, you know, there's the big debate going on about Dubravka and, and everything like that. And yes, okay, it's um, it's certainly uh, sad that Dubravka is going on to pastures new, but um, you know, Pope definitely has qualities that I sometimes think like that's a, that's better. It's a little bit better. Isn't Dubravka's it? like, not even in the conversation for me anymore. Oh, and yeah, I yeah, used yeah. to be like Miss Dubravka flag waver. <laughs> I loved him. And but Slovakia we need tattoo. a different type of goalkeeper now. We need a goalkeeper like Nick Pope because we don't play the way that we played when Dubravka mm. was our goalkeeper. So he's not even in the conversation. Yeah. Um and yeah, okay, it's disappointing that he wants to go elsewhere because he's he's still a better number two than Darlow, but we, this isn't a Dubravka podcast. Um Nick Pope tonight was just sensational. There, there was one, I don't know if it'll be on the Match Day podcast for our patrons, but there was one save he did, Adam, you'll have seen it on the telly, where he just punched it. He punched it so Straight hard. up, yes. it was Straight like some, up. It was um, the most Dragon Ball Z thing I've ever seen <laughs> in a Premier League game. It was just, yeah. It was just, and, and the power behind it, and like his his ability to like, I mean, at one point, Cher came and gave him a drink and he, like, was taking some instruction from Cher and, like, he was clearly, like, messenger boy. You know, he's he's reading the game. He's instru- He's managing the, his defence. I just I, th- I just thought he was so good tonight against a team like Liverpool, who are relentless attackers. He was, was so on the ball. It was unreal. Mistake at the end aside, like, I just think he's... It's, oh, I think he's fantastic. I've got to say this as, as a former member, possibly, I don't know, my, my membership card might not have expired yet. I've not looked at it in a while. Of the goalkeepers union. I'm always a big, big fan of like every single goalie we've had for, for whatever their qualities are. Even yeah. They're vastly imperfect. Tim Kroll just seemed like a lot of fun, made some, made really basic, failed to make basic saves, but made absolute worldies. He never had a chance to. Carl Darlow, just chaos factor in the championship. Loads of fun. Dubravka, 
just possibly the most solid and dependable guy we've had in goal for years and years. And yet, I have never, ever had the a heartbeat as low when a ball comes into our box as I have this season. There is no doubt in my mind ever that two full hands are going to get on it and it's going to be absolutely fine. Agreed. We're, we're almost uncrossable into this season. It's it's yeah. such a thing to watch. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing as well. The way he was coming out, he caught one with his hands and like he had about... There were such big hands, Emil. Emil has such big hands. Massive hands. They're such big. Have you ever seen the movie Moonfall? There's a reason Nick Pope isn't in that film because it's last 10 minutes. He just comes off his line and he catches the moon and that's the end of the film. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Amazing. Niche reference there for those of you who haven't seen Moonfall. I haven't seen Moonfall, by the way. I just presume it's falling out of the sky. Excellent. Let's move. Let's move <laughs> away from Moonfall and um, just do. We'll talk. We've done half an hour already, and I, and I, and I'm so happy now that we have spent some time. This has been quite therapeutic for me because I left the ground, and Emil can attest to this, and I was furious, and I wasn't, you know. But actually, talking about all the positives in that game has made me feel so happy and uh, and good, and and I want to sort of end us on that again, that holistic view of the team. How far we have come. Let's just take a moment and take stock of how far we have come. We went to Anfield tonight and are like pissed off that we didn't win or get a point. Like, I just, that is is worlds away from where this team was. Even even six, seven months ago, really. We didn't expect to go to these clubs or, or for them to come to us and us feel disappointed with the result um i'm just i'm so happy and so excited about the future of supporting newcastle when this is where we are and also that kind of like building things more organically or taking the time it is going to take time we are going to make little mistakes like that but if we're taking the game to a, a, a team like liverpool how class is it going to be when we're playing teams around us and below us it's just even having like you know we, we mentioned before about Almiron getting howled there was even bits with Lascelles tonight where the guys in front of you and me Charlotte yeah. were going oh my god who is this guy and that's the thing you don't notice the flaws of some of these players in amongst a team that is really trying their hearts out every single match it's not like we went against Wolves and and didn't put as much in you know we we, we fought to the end of that and got ourselves a point we we played Liverpool off the park at points tonight and, and still managed to take it right to the death and and just having players like Trippier in there I, I know we were done with the players in particular but I, I just thought having Trippier there similar to Pope having having players attacking him and you just thought it'll be fine it'll be all right Trippier yeah. Trippier's there and I was I just said I just thought to myself I was like Kieran Trippier plays for Newcastle United it's, it's just it's such a luxury that we can have right now and I just thought this is this is great and 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 when you think and you you think now August is done We've managed to get okay a point from Manchester City and Liverpool. When in most seasons, there's you know all the other teams in the league right now probably couldn't even dream of getting a point from either team. So mm. what we've managed to do is, and I think this got mentioned on the State of Play podcast the other day. You know we have shown that if you go at these teams, you can do it. And Newcastle mm-hmm. are only at the the bottom of that that kind of that mountainside that, that yeah. we're gonna climb up towards and, and that for me trajectory. is just so exciting yeah palace are gonna get throttled 
Yeah, I was. I did also say that. I said I feel sorry for Liverpool coming to us next when they come to us, but I also feel quite sorry for Palace this weekend. I don't, but they are gonna. <laughs> um, they're gonna feel our wrath. We're gonna channel. I think we'll channel that injustice. We'll channel that result into quite an exciting game at St James's Park. Adam, I'll uh, I'll let you have your your say on how we've progressed, and then we will. We will let our listeners go. Yeah, just just a really small point I wanted to make. Like I know, obviously, we should expect to be in these sort of positions. We should expect better results. We should expect better performances. We should expect to climb the league. And other fans will throw things around like, well, money, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But if you look at that team, Isak aside, who, bear in mind, 22 years old, is his first game in the Premier League. Him aside, you've got... Dan Byrne and Jamal Asselt at the back. You've got Nick Pope, who just got relegated. You've got Kieran Trippier, who looked finished in the Premier League and is in his 30s. You've got Matt Target, who wasn't wanted by Aston Villa. You've got Joe Linton, who was labelled one of the biggest flops in the history of the division. You've got Sean Longstaff, who's from North Shield. You've got Joe Willock, <laughs> who we got on loan from Arsenal. You've got Ryan Fraser, who was a meme last season. Miguel Almiron, who nobody thinks is any good. Like That is a team that's been coached so, so well, knew its game plan from the start, executed it almost to perfection. And I just think if you take those 10 players aside and you give them to any other manager in this division, they get rolled over quite easily and they struggle to pick up as many points. Like it's more than the sum of its parts at the minute, which is not something we've ever really been able to say for the last couple of years at Newcastle. And I'm just so proud of the performance they put in. And I'm just, I, just, I just hope that the feeling they've got walking off that pitch tonight is not one of, oh, we did all that. We worked that hard and we've got nothing to show for it. But one of, right, well, we know we can do this. Let's go and do it on Saturday. And I think that is how, I think that is, you know, you speak of the training, that is how it's going to go. We are we are on an upward trajectory. This is a very exciting time to be a Newcastle fan. Tonight's result was disappointing, but the performance was not. Um, we, we, we move on to the next one. This has been your True Faith podcast. Again, if you liked it, join us on Patreon. I won't hammer the point home, but uh, the link is on our Twitter. It's on the links in this podcast. Uh, We'll be back post-Palace to talk about how we've absolutely thumped them. So thank you. Stick with us. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com